Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of your favorite podcast, The Other Identity. As always, I am your host, Robbie Landis, the great Landis, and along with me, Ben Morris, Professor Awesome. As always, as always, we are here together, the dynamic duo, as we're mm-hmm. uh, described in the description of our podcast each and every <laughs> week. But uh, yeah, good to hear from you, Robbie. Obviously, it's a little different this week. It's just you and me coming together mm-hmm. to talk about some stuff, whereas last week we had our all-star Green Lantern panel, which I got really good feedback for that episode from folks. Excellent. Um, so I think we'll have them back at some point. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'm really excited about today's show. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about uh, maybe what we can expect coming out of the Disney plus Marvel Universe. Of course, uh, you know, that'll be here in just a moment. But I have to say, you know, before we do get into that, that, that something that I realized, I think one of the things that I miss most about being a kid mm-hmm. is that the, the concept of seasons or episode count yes. meant nothing at a kid, mm-hmm. as a kid. If your show was on, doesn't matter if you saw it a million times, your show was on, you were hyped. Right. And now you finish something and it's just like, oh, I have to wait like a year Everyone's so before aware. it comes back out. Yeah, everyone's so aware of where uh, we are. Yeah, like when, when uh, for yeah. example, watching the X-Men 90s cartoon, there would be weeks and weeks and weeks of reruns. And I'd just be like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, who cared a- about continuity yeah. as a kid? <laughs> here's another chance to see the background. You know, what I'll, you know what I'll share with you? It's really make us seem old. Is um, I had a student in one of my classes uh, came up to me and they were, I think it was about the boys. Um, you know how the boys released their episodes for season two, one every week. Oh, yeah. Yep. And a lot of people were really upset about that. My my student comes to me and says, "Is that's such a novel idea. Like this idea of not dropping everything at once. And I'm like, that's oh my TV. Gosh. TV that's still TV... does that. Exactly. That's like, not that's even an old works. thing. <laughs> it's just it's just that some people are so used. I don't know, man. I think a lot. Oh, I think a lot about the nature of streaming. And I extend that from you know, TV to what we have with Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe, just the idea that we have so much at our fingertips that Mm -hmm. we do get a little spoiled. And I definitely get what you're saying, where it was like, if you were watching G.I. Joe as a kid, you watch whatever episode of G.I. Joe came on, you didn't care if you'd seen it 30,000 times. Mm -hmm. Like, it was was new to you. Uh, speaking of new, uh, I finally managed to get back into the DC Rebirth Era Challenge on part two, as I mentioned a few times now. And the second arc that I hit after finishing up the Superman one is back into the Suicide Squad. And, and I forgot where a lot of these stories had left off, in, particularly in the Suicide Squad arc. Uh, spoilers. Uh, but Harley, uh, at least for the time being, is now the leader of the squad, taking over for Rick Flagg. Oh, that's amazing. And I wasn't sure yeah. how this was going to play out. But I have to say that uh, uh, Robbie Williams is the writer, uh, correct? Yeah, Robbie Williams. He found, after, you know, some of the stuff that that Harley's gone through, a very, very interesting and very cool facet of Harley to put on display as the leader of the squad, uh, that, that I'm, I'm really digging, uh, this, this, this particular arc is really amping up the stakes, uh, getting a lot of cool stuff and, and, you know, moments from, uh, Deadshot, there's this also cute, but also WTF relationship? question mark uh between the enchantress and killer croc uh it's just there's there's a lot of really really great stuff going on in uh uh, it's it's 21 through 25 and uh, i haven't quite finished it yet but as soon as we're done with this episode uh i'm gonna wrap it up but i'm i'm just i'm having so much fun with the suicide squad yeah i talked to you about it off air but kind of 
spinning out of what I said last week uh, in regards to my, my feelings on Barry Allen, I think I had a similar bias with Suicide Squad in that I love the original series from the 80s so much. Um, and, in, and it's also, the, the, the other thing is that that original series from the 80s was written by one guy the entire way through. So it's definitely a very specific voice that I've been too... Um, overcritical of other approaches to Suicide Squad, this idea that, well, if they're not going to do it my way, there's there's no right way. <laughs> and I want to try to, I, I, if, if nothing else, becoming a Barry Allen fan um, and turning around on the Flash uh, that I never thought I would. I'm really trying to be more open-minded, so it makes me happy to sit, to hear from you that Suicide Squad gets so good because I want to, I want to move away from this idea that I I, I hated Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad because she wasn't in the original Suicide Squad. That's silly. If she's a good fit and she's a good character and she is a great mm-hmm. character, why not see if she works there? So I am going to go into when when I get to that arc of Suicide Squad in <laughs> in many many years um, because I'm even slower now than ever before. Um, uh, yeah. But I will definitely relish getting to experience that through fresh eyes. Uh, speaking of, you are also reading uh, Dawn of X. Yeah. How is that going? Well, I mean, that's that kind of feeds in again to what, I, what I'm talking about is I'm reading Dawn of X. I'm catching up on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, I'm reading some of the ancillary X-Men titles right now, the Excaliburs and uh, Marauders, that type of stuff, which it's just, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> X-Men right now as the way Jonathan Hickman and his team are putting it together is very, 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 very different than the X-Men I grew up with. But this is a perfect example of me being like, you know what? Sometimes you've got to change the core of what's going on. And we talked about this early on in one of our first episodes when we covered the X-Men. And we, we touched on Dawn of X briefly and how different it was and how ambitious it was. I'm really enjoying reading these not even the necessarily main X-Men book, but the smaller books where they take the more obscure characters and say, all right, here's what's going on with the world of the X-Men. Here's what X-23 thinks about it. Uh, I'm really enjoying this uh, limited run series, Fallen Angels, which uh, Brian Edward Hill wrote, and uh, the art was by Simon Kudransky. And it's a focus on Quanin and Cable and X-23. I know you don't even know who two out of those three characters are probably i i i only i don't know who quanin is yep. i know who the other two okay, are. okay so you know who cable and x23 are but come on yes quanin is like fascinating she's basically um she's psylocke <laughs> not to get too into the weeds but in the 90s psylocke went from being a white british woman to an asian woman and mm-hmm. quanin is the woman whose body she took over uh, and eventually there was two of them in separate bodies. Ah. It's very confusing and very X-Men-y. But Brian Edward Hill was like, you know what? I got a Quantum story to tell. And Dawn of X, the context of what Hickman has done, gives him the ability to tell that story. And it's it's cool to see. So I would encourage people if you... This this is all spun out of the, the recent Hoxpox stuff, yeah, if right? You're, if you're, yes. If you checked out Hoxpox and you enjoyed it at all, don't just go for the main stuff. Look at these ancillary series as well because some really talented people are doing really cool stuff with the premise that Hickman and company have set up. Yeah, the the the, the whole the way that they rebooted the X-Men with Hoxpox may actually be through all mediums, whether it's video games, film, uh, uh, television, or books, may be one of my favorite like stories and just ways to have rebooted uh, a continuity. It's 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 so good. It's so good. Well, we're not going to spend too much time on that because we have a ton of stuff to talk about coming up here in regards to Disney Plus. So stick around because that's next. And I need all of you 
to stop what you're doing and listen. Oh, we have an unprecedented outbreak. Thousands of us walking the earth. We might die at any moment. Because we're under attack. In which case, we must act fast. Doctors are trying their best. Working long hours and... Always sacrificing. Their health to protect you. Well, I'd very much like to thank them. Thanks, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Wait a minute. What's the prognosis? It's still changing. So we have a novel virus and no vaccine at this time. What should we do? We gotta get everybody else back into the houses. We gotta keep them there. In other words... This is our lockdown, right? What that means is... Stay in your homes. Make no attempt to reach loved ones. And take a long nap. You can count me out. You can count me out, too. Some people are immune to good advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Those idiots. I just need to make sure you fully understand. Let's recap. I'm begging you. Stay inside. Wash your hands. And make sure you've got 10 feet of personal space around you. Stay away from me. Stay away from me. Uh-uh-uh. I didn't hear you wash your hands. So think on this, lads. When you're home watching TV. Think about the medical stuff. Working for you. So I'm asking you. Stay home. I'm in isolation. Just stop the virus. All right, I'll do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You stay classy, planet Earth. Welcome back, my dear listeners. We <laughs> thank you for downloading this episode of The Other Identity. And as always, we urge you, we implore you, share it with your friends. Please. Let them know. If there is one friend who you've been trying to get to listen to and they still haven't done it. What's their problem? Keep pushing. Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Honestly, think about dropping them as a friend. Um, really give them, <laughs> you don't need that kind of negativity. Give them one more life. shot to listen to the show. But if they're not willing to give an, a half hour of their week to listen to us talk and then an additional half hour to an hour to talk to you about it, really, are they a true friend? Got to think about uh, that. It's, that's a good question, asking the tough questions here. So we're uh, talking about uh, Disney Plus here today. We talked about WandaVision at length with Callie uh, a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, it's coming up here soon, uh, December-ish, mm-hmm. is I think probably when we're going to get it once The Mandalorian wraps up. So, uh, Ben, you actually wanted to sort of take lead of this uh, uh, segment here. Yeah. So uh, what do you got for me? Well, I wanted to talk about the fact that, you know, we've all been waiting. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about the fact that we haven't had a new Marvel Cinematic Universe release in well over a year now, which is... is, two, is two years almost, no? Uh, I mean, last summer was Spider-Man Far From Home, summer of 2019. Right, so, right, right. Yep. A little over a year. I, it would almost be fitting if... Uh, Endgame had been the last one that came out, and then there was just a drought. <laughs> but no, we did have yep. Spider-Man Far From Home. Obviously, it's been about a year and a half. Yeah, yep. about a year and a half since the last one. It's crazy. We're not used to this long wait in between installments of this this universe. Um, so it's been a little, little, little different. And of course, Black Widow now has been moved back until May of 2021. But the cool thing is, in the meantime, we are going to get a taste of that Marvel Cinematic Universe continuity, specifically with, as we said. WandaVision coming uh, in the next couple months. But then for 2021, there is, as of right now, a large slate of uh, Disney Plus Marvel series coming up. So I wanted to check in quickly, talk about what's going to be in there, and then get our thoughts on our level of anticipation for these different shows. And the three that are coming in 2021, uh, purportedly, I want to start with The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which originally was supposed to be the first series. It was supposed to precede WandaVision, but... Because of filming, it, it, it didn't happen. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is obviously going to bring back Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. And also is going to have a lot of familiar characters. Uh, Zemo is back. Uh, Sharon Carter is back. Batroc is there. And 
I like the idea Batch that Batrock the Leaper. Batrock the Leaper will as as played by George Saint Pierre. Uh, we'll be back in the show, and it picks up from Endgame where Sam was handed the shield. Um, so this is going to be an exploration, probably of what's next for Captain America. I guess my first question for you is. Um, do you want to see Sam as Captain America in this series, or would you be fine with just Falcon and Winter Soldier? I think that by the end of it, we absolutely do. I know that we, we don't have <clears throat> we don't have a whole lot of details about exactly what's going to happen, uh, but we do know that someone has been cast and uh, uh, I believe seen in the Captain America outfit. So so my they're probably going to follow at least loosely the the story of Sam becoming Cap, right? Maybe at first he's a little hesitant to pick it up. Uh, the government, though, wanting this chance to use the Captain America symbol because he, you know, originally was always supposed to be uh, American propaganda, you know, sort of puts their own Captain America in place. And, of course, you know that that's going to go wrong. But by the end of this series, I would like to see uh, Sam step into the role of Captain America. So just to clarify, uh, Wyatt Russell, who's an actor. There I'm you go. Not, that's the one. I, I'm not familiar with him, but I know he has been cast to play John Walker, who in the comics, John Walker replaces Steve Rogers temporarily as Captain America and then would eventually be known as U.S. Agent more popularly. And mm-hmm. he's a great character. He's basically the... Uh, if Captain America is kind of the um, spirit of America, uh, John Walker is the very aggressive uh, version of America that a lot of the rest of the world sees. So uh, yeah. there's a lot to touch on there, and I would, I would definitely be very interested to see that. But I agree. I want to see... I think Sam deserves to be capped by the end of this. And mm-hmm. more than just Steve handing the shield to him at the end of Endgame, I want to see this, him earning, earning that title. I mean, he's already earned it as a character, but I want to see him he really... He needs to feel yeah, that he's earned it, though. He needs to really step into that role, and I think having Bucky there alongside will be great because I love Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie together. I think they're <laughs> hilarious. And they're describing this as being very much of a buddy cop show, and I'm looking yep. forward to it. All right, also coming up after that, we've got Loki with Tom Hiddleston returning in the title role. And from what we know about this series, it's going to be the Loki we brief- we glimpsed briefly in Endgame, who gets his hands on one of the Infinity Stones and now can travel through time. So we're going to see Loki jumping around. This is pre-death Loki. And um, I guess my question for you, Robbie, is how do we feel about, even though Loki had this tremendous sacrifice in Avengers Infinity War... Tom Hiddleston's back, and he's playing Loki. What do you think? Yeah, this this isn't just pre-death Loki. This is pre-character growth Loki. This, this, out of all of the Disney Plus series, is probably the one that I am the least thrilled about. Really? Now, I think that Marvel's I'm, I, I think Marvel's probably going to do a, a, a fantastic job with it. They have yet to drop the ball on just about anything. Mm-hmm. But I do think that grabbing a Loki this early on, you're right, because Loki had a, a phenomenal end to his arc. There was a lot of great growth between him and Thor, and now all of, all of that's gone. It's it's, it's erased, and, and and there might be an argument there that the reason that they went so far back is to maybe not taint any of that. Like Loki got his arc, he got his end, and this is just another new version of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it if they plan on tying this one into the currently ongoing main continuity or not, or if this is just going to be his own sort of uh, side timeline that allows them to do kind of whatever they want with Loki and not be tied down by the main franchise, which which may serve it best in the long run. I'm not sure. Um, but I also don't know what a 
Loki series looks like if if Thor's not there mm-hmm. in in some way to juxtapose him. I will say this, just as a conceit to everything you're saying, I totally understand all of it, but the the thing I kind of love about this series and about plucking a Loki who is still very much a bad guy who hasn't really gone through his evolution yet is I think Tom Hiddleston, as good as he was right out the gate, is better at playing Loki now than obviously he was 10 years ago. And the opportunity to get to see him go through that heroic arc again, that kind of intrigues me. Um, you know, I agree. Because go ahead. Uh, one of the few things that, that we do know about this is they did cast a young Loki, uh, somewhere between like the ages of eight and nine, right. I think. Um, and I'm not sure if this story's going to tell, you, you know, from his perspective or jump back and forth. But being able to maybe see Loki, who in a new timeline tries to step into the role of of a hero sort of early on maybe could be interesting. I think this has a lot of potential and I'm interested like you to see what, if any, role the other Thor characters play in it. Because right now it looks like, I mean, as far as casting, it's it's Tom Hiddleston. We know Owen Wilson has a part. Um, and then... Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, wow. and then a bunch of newer characters. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays in. I will say the show I am probably tentatively most excited about uh strangely enough is also coming in 2021 it's an animated series it's going to be what if um i was a huge what if fan as a kid i don't know your attachment to this series robbie but basically what if was it was the series starring the watcher of all characters and he would ask questions like what if uh phoenix had not died what if uncle ben had lived uh, and other questions that didn't have to do with characters living. Those are just the two that sprang to mind. Mm-hmm. But sure. um, it was great. It was always these crazy alternate reality stories where just anything could happen. And the idea of doing this with um, animation, where basically the budget is their imagination, and apparently they have the voice acting back from everyone who is in that the is MCU, correct. in addition to Jeffrey Wright is going to be voicing The Watcher. I... There's a very high ceiling for this series. I feel like just the concept of this alone is enough to elevate it over. I'm, I'm more excited to see this than just about anything else. What do you say? Yeah, no, uh, I'm excited for it too. Uh, I believe that the the first pilot episode is going to be what if uh, Peggy Carter yes. uh, became Captain America, got the Super Soldier Serum. Uh, so yeah, no, definitely excited for this. Um, I believe that that some Intrepid fans also spotted within the official art for the what ifs the uh, zombie universe oh, as man. well. So we might see the zombie universe. Um, so I think for me, uh, yeah, obviously I don't think this is going to tie into the, the the greater MCU in any way, but uh, this, I think, hands down is just a win left and right. I think anyone who watched this is going to have a ton of fun with it. All right, so that's what's on the slate for 2021. Real quick, let's run down the four series that are currently on the book for five. No, oh, there's a fifth. Let's. Well, maybe not on the book for 2022, but I did add a fifth one in there that you forgot uh, to put. Okay, so for 2022, I know that we've got Hawkeye, which will bring Jeremy Renner back as Clint Barton and presumably introduce Kate Bishop, who I know Haley Steinfeld has been rumored as a potential Kate Bishop, which would be awesome. We've got Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, and Iman Vellani has already been cast in the title role. Mm-hmm. And then the two we don't know as much about yet, but they are slated for 2022, are Moon Knight and She-Hulk. Now, what is this mysterious fifth... Uh, fifth series you have added the nick fury yes so samuel jackson as nick fury apparently Uh is on the books i don't know if it's 2022 
um, but they are correct. Developing. Correct. We we know very very little about that. What are you excited about from Miss Marvel? Just the character? Uh, yeah, no, j- just I mean, I mean everything I have ever read about her, uh, uh, especially you know recently reading uh, Saladin's The Magnificent Miss Marvel, a good friend of the show. Yeah. Sal- he's not, I mean, he's, uh, not a friend of the show, but I like to close uh, buddy. Assume. I like to think that he is close yeah, buddy. Sure. I'm sure he's heard about us in passing yeah. somewhere. He, call, but, he refers uh, to you as just Robbie. <laughs> I'm sure he does. He's retweeted and commented on some of my stuff, so we're kind of buddies. That makes you friends um, in 2020. But I don't know. Miss Marvel's just such a joy. She she brings all of the same characteristics uh, that made me fall in love with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so the moment that I started reading her stuff, it, it was it was uh, it just it felt right. It felt perfect. It felt like I'd been reading her forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, I, I know that it, it changed about halfway through the first few things, but having her family also know about her identity and, like, support her as well is something that I really, really wish that more comics would do. You know, treat the family as 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 one of the character's strengths as opposed to another weakness where it's like, oh, I can't let them know, or if they do know, they disapprove. You know, I, I really dislike when you have teams or you have families where they are hurdles to one another. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that there can't still be, you know, some conflict within there, but I much prefer to read... You know, when when they prop each other up as opposed to, you know, whether uh, uh, on purpose or, you know, not realizing it, hold each other's back. But uh, Miss Marvel, I think out of all these, and these are all, are all fantastic, we said for all of them, but Miss Marvel more than anything else, I'm really excited to see what they have in store for us. So that's what we've got confirmed for the next couple years that's going to keep us very busy. Obviously, in between all this, <laughs> we've got, presumably, if movies ever come back, we'll have a lot of movies as well, but... I think in the third segment, we wanted to speculate a little bit more about what might be coming up and what we want to see, Robbie. So why don't we take a break and then come back with that? Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team. Or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships. And we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you so much for downloading The Other Identity. We are talking about the Disney Plus Marvel series that are going to be coming out in the next few years. There's a whole slew of them. WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Nick Fury. Tons of them uh, on the way. And uh, now what we're going to talk about a little bit is what exactly can we come to expect out of them? You know, obviously WandaVision is going to be coming here uh, at the end of 2020. But I think what's most interesting is that in the light, uh, in light of the pandemic and the quarantine and how much it has affected uh, not just the way that that shows are being shot and made and what is to go into those, but also the way that the releases are starting to affect the movies. Uh, Disney has said that they are going to start going forward, putting more of a focus into uh, Disney Plus specifically, into the streaming so, you know, I guess the first thing that I wanted to ask you, Ben, is do you think that this could start to indicate a shift away from a main storytelling medium in the movies to the streaming side? Because obviously in the past, you know, they've tried to do the TV stuff with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it it fell apart. Right. But having everyone now under Feige, it looks like they at least want to try and put equal emphasis on both of them. I think it. this is a move that, they wanted to make originally. It felt like with all the announcement of all these Disney Plus series, it was something they were going towards, putting more emphasis on the TV storytelling, particularly basically 
moving from the idea of, hey, you get one or two movies a year and you just kind of wait in between to now kind of the story never stops much in the same Mm -hmm. way that comics are told. So I'm all for that. I do think their hand has been forced a little bit by the pandemic in the sense that they can keep waiting as long as they want for these movie theaters to reopen, but it really, really halts momentum. I mean, we mentioned it earlier in the show. It's been a year and a half since we saw a Marvel and MCU offering. And I, well, and they pushed all of the movie releases back, not just black widow. Everything's been affected. Everything's been affected. And I do think them having to adapt in this way, I think ultimately is going to be good because I do think the thing I want to see out of the MCU is obviously they've mastered cinematic storytelling at this point. And Mm -hmm. we've also seen, as I've said many times until they do Seeger Wars, we've seen pretty much (laughs) the biggest story they're going to be able to tell on the big screen uh, in Mm -hmm. Endgame. So what I want to see now is how do you give me something different? How do you give me a different form of storytelling? And one answer to that is, well, rather than just giving you three hours of footage a year, we're going to put out four TV series, uh, six episodes, tons more characters. It's the same way that we saw the Marvel Universe evolve in the 60s and 70s from being just a handful of characters who once in a while ran into each other to being this vast universe where you have dozens and dozens and dozens of characters to follow. So... It seems savvy in that sense that I think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is evolving in the same way the Marvel Universe uh, is evolving and or is, or did evolve way back when. And I don't know if they necessarily would have chosen that if they had the option to continue as are. But I there's something exciting about it, Robbie. It's the this this unknown, this new frontier of storytelling. I think this is where Kevin Feige and his team does their best work when they're kind of challenging the paradigm rather than just doing more of the same. Well, and it fits in with what uh, Feige said would happen after the last phase ends, you know, that the way that they are going to tell stories and the stuff they can do with it is going to change as well. Right. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, some of the biggest names from the screen, you know, make their jump into Disney Plus with Wanda in the Vision, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, Nick Fury as well. And we've also been promised that those that are introduced on the small screen will eventually make their way to the silver screen. Right. Kate Bishop, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk. So the question that I have from here is, do we want that level of crossover? You know, even when we just look back at the, the you know, the last phases of the MCU, you know, there are some people that... <sighs> aren't as into the idea that they have to watch every single movie to know what's going on. And obviously, you know, when it comes to the solo flick, sometimes that's not that big a deal. But, you know, people going into Civil War or into the Infinity and Endgame movies for the first time might be a little bit lost. Do you think that there may be too much added complexity now for people who either don't watch the movies or who don't watch the Disney Plus shows? That would have been my gut reaction a couple years ago. But I have met so many people who are not historical comic fans, whether that's students I've worked with or just relatives and just the, this, this level of casual fandom of the MCU in the last decade. Um, I was surprised at how readily, cause look, comic book fans, we are always going to accept. If you want to give me 
12 movies a year. I'm going to see all of them. I'm going to track all of them. Like I want as much content as possible. I mean, like, look at us, Robbie, look at, look at the sheer amount of digital comics you read when you go on one of your kind of like reading tears. <laughs> My binges. Yeah, like you're not, you're not going to say no to more content. So Absolutely that was not. never a question. The comics fans, the geeks among us were always going to be, yeah, give me more, give me more. But I've actually been very surprised and pleasantly surprised at the people who have never picked up a comic book in their life but love the idea of Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, who who are like, wow, this is a type of storytelling I've never seen before in terms of big franchises, and they've been very accepting of that. So I'm actually cautiously optimistic that uh, people want more of this. Um, again, this is a mo- this is not a completely new model in the sense that this is what the comic books have done for years, and that's put out a lot of stories uh, at the same time and kind of packed readers' minds. I do think done right and done with the care that's been taken with every project so far, people are in for this. People are starving for MCU content. And sure, there is the risk that we could uh, we could do burnout once you're doing, you know, 18 to 24 episodes a year of something that might get to be too much and maybe we don't have any stories left. But at the same time, we've had decades and decades of telling stories with these characters and there's still great new stuff coming out every month. So I think it's worth a shot. All right. Well, final question then, uh, obviously, you know, again, looking at this slate, we have what, eight, 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 nine, almost nine shows Mm -hmm. coming out in the next two to three ish years. That's not counting anything that they haven't announced already. Uh, we're looking at at least with WandaVision, six episodes each, probably 40 to 60 minutes. These can obviously be shot, I think, probably a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, turned around, you know, quicker than what the than what the movies are. Sure. So, do you think that the movies will continue to be the main vessel for this storytelling? Do you think that it might shift towards Disney Plus, or is there a way for the, both of them to be equal? Should maybe one serve the other? I do think that I. It, it, Ideally, I think it should be the last. I think it should be one serves the other. You're setting stuff up on Disney Plus, seeing it pay off in the movies, uh, things that you don't have time to explore in the movies spill into Disney Plus. It's two different form. It's two different channels. It's two different platforms. There are different things you can do. I think you're never going to be able to do the probably level of, of effects that you can do in the movies on TV, although I could be proven wrong about that. We'll see how good the Disney Plus shows look. But I do think, you know, something like an Infinity War, something like an Endgame that's this huge culmination, uh, I do think still makes sense as a three-hour epic you see on the big screen. But as far as some of the more intricate character work, I mean, how many of us have felt like there have been characters in Avengers or in Guardians of the Galaxy who have been underserved because you have so many people on screen at once? This is a chance for the Scarlet Witches of the world to shine through a little bit. So I think done right, and these guys know how to do it right, it can be a, uh, a handoff where you're still doing big epic stuff in the movies, but the Disney Plus series can carve out their own niche that's very necessary and very ultimately beneficial towards the larger brand. All right. I said that was the last question. <laughs> I lied. I got one okay. more question for you. If you could add one Disney Plus show to this lineup, what would it be? Honestly, I've been thinking about this a little bit, and this is going to kind of go against what I just said in terms of saving the big stuff for the big screen. But I wouldn't hate seeing them, just to legitimize the Disney Plus offerings, take a big swing and do Fantastic Four as a Disney Plus show. 
I think it makes more sense as a TV show anyways. So I would love to see the Fantastic Four debut as a six-episode Disney Plus series, given some real room to breathe, and then eventually carry ideas from that to the big screen. It's it's a, it's kind of a controversial pick, because I think a lot of people are going to be like, no, you have to do the FF as a movie first. But we've done the FF movies, baby, and they have not worked. <laughs> so let's try, but, but, I, but I like these characters, so let's try something else with them. All right, mine's going to be super dumb compared to that. <laughs> I want a four-episode mini short filmed in the style of a mockumentary that tells the origin of Groot's race, where, like, some intergalactic documentary, or, or I always say that word wrong, whatever, uh, go to, like, his home planet to, like, you know, film, like, this, this like, animal planet type thing, like, discovers the race of Groot's, and show me the origin through the lens of that. I think it would be hilarious. That's not dumb. That's brilliant. <laughs> all right, guys, that's going to be all that we have for The Other Identity today. Make sure to tune in next week, same Other Identity time, same Other Identity channel.